best part of being a fan of it is actually learning how to do it myself. I mean, it's fun to enjoy comedy, but there's also something equally fun about being able to create it. And the best moment in that. For nearly 40 years, this story has given faithful service to the young and heart. Welcome to the Fangirl Hour, the podcast where we dive deep into the reasons why we love our fave fandom. Time has been powerless to put its kindly philosophy out of fashion. To those of you who have been faithful to it in return, and to the young and heart, we dedicate this podcast. Welcome to the Fangirl Hour. Introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, hi, I'm Richard Jensen. I am the writer, director, executive producer of Celtic Ray Filmworks, where I'm a one-man movie production company. We specialize in comedy shorts. We've been working for the last two and a half to three years. Uh, we, well, we've been inactive the last year, year and a half because of the COVID, but we are relaunching the Patreon in January, and we'll hopefully start back on our schedule of uh, one short a month. Nice, nice. Um, I believe you're one of the funniest and creative writers I've ever met. It's it's really great to see your work. What has been one of your fun, your favorite pieces that you've filmed and directed and written? Oh, it's tough. I mean, the one that seems to have gained the most traction is Cuck, which, mm -hmm. by the way, is currently playing on Amazon Prime. Yeah. There's also one that, that hasn't gotten a lot, tra lot of traction, but, I, but I'm trying to see if I can put it out there more, is called The Tale of Billy's Johnson. Oh, yeah. With Oh, you've seen that one? Of course. Oh, yeah. That's, that's the one where, where Mig, is Mig Windows is telling the story about a young man who keeps showing off his penis and his penis finally rebels. Yeah. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's one of the, it's an, it's an underrated piece. Nathan, I would like to see it maybe get a little more traction. Yeah, well, I'm glad we could give that one a little promotion then. Mm -hmm. So let's begin with what is your fandom? How did you come to love this and describe any background or history you have with this fandom? Well, that's the thing. It's not any specific thing. It's more of a genre. My fandom is comedy. Okay, that's I'm, awesome. I am a comedy nerd. Stand up, sketch, you name it. I'm probably going to enjoy it. And I want to say it started probably when I was a kid, because back when I was when I was a kid, KBHK TV in San Francisco, mm -hmm. which uh, would not. Yeah, it was KBHK Channel 44 used to play every morning at 1030 an Abbott and Costello movie. OK, yeah. So that's basically how that kind of got in. Now, again, that, I was young enough that I didn't get all the references because what kid in the 70s knows knows about world war ii and all that stuff mm -hmm. yeah yeah stuff but it, it started piquing my interest and from there i went on to three stooges and then other various co comedy things what was it about abbott and costello that you did that that gra grabbed you though i mean you I, didn't understand the jokes but what was it what was it I, about them i would like to think it was probably lou that did it because Lou Costello has a very childlike persona. And when you're a little kid, you see an adult acting like that, you kind of, for whatever reason, kind of bond with them. Mm, okay. I know I had a, a definite, when I was about in fourth grade, I would come home and there was the Abbott Costello hour on one of the channels that I would come home and watch. And so it was one of my early influences as well that a night court. So mm. go on with 
the history of comedy and how you came to love it. What else do you want to? Well, then add to that? I came up just as SNL was starting up. Mm -hmm. I seem to vaguely remember seeing the first episode with Carlin, but I don't know if it was a repeat or whether it was live because again, it was 1130 at night and I forget whether I was up actually awake at that time. <laughs> but and from there, it's just basically I got into Mel Brooks, Woody Allen, although I've kind of gone off Woody the last couple of years because yeah 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 and i started developing my own sense of humor i also read a lot of comedy when i was a teenager i devoured pg woodhouse is still one of my favorite writers mm, okay okay what have what is he i've never heard of pg woodhouse what what are some of the things he's written oh good lord I, <laughs> okay basically I'm, I'm having trouble with hang on a second Second, he's the guy who created the uh, Jeeves and Bur Birdie novels. Okay. Basically, it's about a uh, young aristocratic man in England in the 20s and his man servant who has to put up with his nonsense. So it's that whole series of novels. Uh, Stephen Fry and Hugh Laurie actually did a series of adaptions of them back in the, in the 90s. Nice. You can find them on Masterpiece Theater. Okay, okay. If you want out later, I'll send you a link so you can get more information. Okay, perfect, perfect. Oh, no. So who is your favorite uh, SNL cast? Do you have a favorite? Ooh, that's a tough one because it's one of those, they always say the ones you come up with are the are usually the favorites. Mm -hmm. favorites but I am a really fond of the Will Ferrell era. <gasps> oh, a man after my own heart. I what? I got into SNL when Will Ferrell was there late 90s early 2000s and it got a lot of like heat people didn't like it didn't say it was funny but i loved it i love that era that's also the era that adam mckay was also the head writer you can see the beginning of that collaboration between him and will ferrell mm -hmm, mm -hmm. which is and i still think one i'm trying to remember the na name of it there was one sketch they did it was the first year called wake up and smile okay basically it's the old gag of it's a more it's a it's a morning show people are doing a little happy talk but the teleprompter goes out and they can't ad lib <laughs> it's it's a it's a fairly common thing but what but what Farrell and McKay did was basically take that joke to its most extreme I, I hang on let me see if I can find it here on YouTube cube yeah it basically took that sketch and elevated it to its highest let me put it this way. By the end of the sketch, it's devolved into a Lord of the Flies situation. <laughs> I'm actually surprised. You, I don't know if you've seen it or not. I might have seen it. It does sound familiar. I can remember it. So tell me about uh, you. You were a big Will Ferrell fan then. You like the guy? Oh, yeah, I like Ferrell. I, yeah, yeah. What I'm do you also, like about him? It's just the commitment to the bit. He's uh -huh. one of those guys who will take an insane choice and just he's not going to wink at it, but he's going to play it as hard as possible oh good i found i think i found the okay great so hang on a second yeah i'll i'll set i'll send you the uh, link through our uh, facebook book but yeah nice. it, it's a really it's a very funny sketch if you get a mm -hmm. chance to look at it but, okay cool cool and i'll make sure these links are in the the about section of of the podcast so other people can check them out as well mm -hmm. so uh any more information you want to talk about it? We can go on to the next question. Go on to the next question. I say, what has been the best part of being a fan of this? Well, the best part of being a fan of it is actually learning how to do it myself. I mean, it's mm -hmm. fun to enjoy comedy, but there's also something equally fun about being able to create it. And the best moment in that was about, I want to say 
probably about three years ago mm-hmm. when the cut played at the Oregon Short Film Festival mm-hmm. in Portland, Oregon. And it was it was a good, ha- it's probably one of the best houses we've had at a film festival. It was packed and it played and the audience lost their for it. Nice. It's just, it was, it played, it played like. Yeah. It, it just, it just played well. Congratulations. Really. Yeah. Congratulations yeah. And that was, that. and that was the same year that and at that same festival, we actually picked up best comedy shorts. So for cuck. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Well, that, then there you go. I know it is, it is pretty magical when you can create art and realize where it, where you got inspired from it. Mm-hmm. So that is your mess, most memorable moment. Do you have any, any other memorable moments, whether it's, creating the comedy that was inspired or uh, moments like with Will Ferrell and the sketch. Is there any other? Actually, there is one. When I was a teenager, they, Richard Pryor came out with the um, stand-up uh, movie, Richard Pryor Live at the Sunset Strip. And this was about a year after, you know, the, the incident where he uh, almost burnt to death during an accident while smoking, while smoking cocaine. Mm-hmm. Cocaine and the fact that he could survive that incident and actually milk jokes out of it is very inspiring. It's like taking the worst trauma you possibly can go through and just work through it that way. Yeah. Have you ever yeah. seen it? Have you ever seen it? I haven't never seen that, but I can relate to the to uh, comedians using their tragedies to make to make art and to make people laugh. Yeah. Um, if you, if you can find it, I don't know if it's, I honestly don't know if it's streaming anywhere, but if you can find, a, if you can find Live on the Sunset Strip, it's a, it's a really terrific movie. Okay, I will, I'll, maybe I'll see if it's on YouTube or something like that, just, or like clips of it or something. Yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think of other moments. Well, Gilda Radner, when she, before she died, wrote a book called It's Always Something. And mm. in it, she writes about her journey with cancer and a lot of her early life as well growing up when her father died and how she became to be a comedian and her journey through that and so she definitely used that hardship to make art make people laugh in a very poignant and touching way as only Gilda could do Mm. so that came to mind but yes I was definitely a Saturday Night Live fan like yourself Mm -hmm. and it was it was something with me personally. I don't know if this is what you do. Sometimes the funniest comedy, most original comedy, I find myself getting quiet and just studying it. I'm not necessarily laughing and not necessarily thinking it's not funny. I'm just studying it, like studying the rhythms and the way the, the story and the 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 arcs and how it's written and the acting of it all and and is that something you do or are you always just cracking up <laughs> uh well the first well the first time you see something 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 you're just having the immediate reaction to it then you go back to it and you start trying to you know reverse engineer and say okay how does this work how do you fold tab a into slot b mm-hmm. b and, and that's not a bad way to go you find the people whose work you admire and you study how they did it and you find out okay what can i bring to this mm-hmm. how can i not necessarily copying but you know studying their techniques and say okay how can i bend this to what i what i'm doing right 
Um, so you uh, connect yourself as a writer, but I know you've done acting before. So with with that, I don't know, that's something from ages back, but as an actor, as a, have you ever thought about doing any stand-up comedy? I've actually, I've, I've dabbled in it a little bit. Occasionally when I would go to Seattle in the early 2000s, when they were having a big comedy boom, I would do go up there with an open mic. As a matter of fact, a buddy of mine, Jake Merriman, who lived in Seattle at the time, was also a stand-up nice so, was it was a stand-up so he would go so i'd go with him to open mics and then i'd go up and uh, i do i it's i it's not on the youtube page but i think i have some of those some of that footage on my vimeo page oh, okay cool but yeah they, that was the same period in the period and i'm still friends with a couple of people who who were also big at that time derek sheen and solomon giorgio okay who are cur currently doing very well for themselves nice yeah one of my good friends from college is a comedian in hawaii and she even opened for Louis Anderson a couple years back. Oh, that's 2015 nice. or 2016. Yeah, that that was that was a pretty big deal and that, for her. And even and during the pandemic, she found a way to do like Zoom comedy shows. And then uh, she did a comedy bit. She was at a, a, a comedy night and they had the glass partition mm -hmm. um, over the where the stage was and so that she you know and so she did a whole bit where she just like put her hands on the glass and was like let me out of here so <laughs> you know i'm trapped so so yeah that it is it is pretty cool to see her it's nice that one of my friends went into that stand-up comedy because we were pretty funny back in college yeah it was cracking jokes and such jake's not doing stand-up anymore he's been focusing more on theater but back in the day the man the man could sling jokes yeah. Did he ever, I mean, was there awards or anything that he, that came from it or just, just the. Just accolade. I think I try to remember if Jake, I know I saw some, a set Jake did that was on TV, but I forget the shows. So I'm going to have to ask him about that. Wow. That is awesome. Mm -hmm. That is awesome. So, um, so I guess that that would be another memorable moment is doing comedy with your friend in Seattle, doing stand-up uh -huh. comedy. Do you think you'll ever return to acting in general? I mean, theater or film or any? I know. Right now, I'm just trying to get through the next year. I'm not looking that far in advance. I'm just trying to get through. I'm just, I'm, right now, my, I'm focusing on just relaunch, relaunching the Patreon and getting mm -hmm. back to making shorts. But uh, we'll we'll see what happens down so the line. So, do you have any funny, uh, nice shorts that are coming down the pike that you're excited about? You don't have to give anything away, but no, I've got, no, that's stories. the thing. Not yet. I mean, we're we're starting in January, but I need to sit down this week and really and kind of knuckle down and get those scripts done. Mm -hmm. I've got a couple of ideas, but I haven't had a chance to really get in there and just and get them going. I'm very excited to to see what you're gonna what you're gonna produce in in january um so how let's go on to the last question mm -hmm. it's a little bit like the others but it, it just kind of delves a little deeper how has this fandom helped you throughout your life and how have you grown because of this fandom oh shoot that's a tough one uh really the best way i can say it is it's a coping mechanism it's mm -hmm. comedy is one of those things that will get you. Some of the most unhappy people I've met in my life are people who have absolutely no sense of humor about themselves or anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah, general rule of thumb, you find somebody who has no sense of humor, that is somebody you want to run from as quickly as possible because they are so tightly around something's going to snap. Because comedy is a release valve. 
you can make jokes about some of the worst, most terrible things that have happened to you in your life. And somehow laughing about it makes it better. There is something Mm -hmm. healing about it. Okay. Okay. That that's that's beautiful, Richard. Mm. Thank you for sharing that. Mm. I think we'll just close with that and say, is there any last words you want to share? And if people have this burning desire to find out more about you or Celtic Ray Filmworks, how would they do that? Well, there's the website, which is uh, www.celticrayfilmworks.com. And that basically has all the links to the Patreon, the YouTube channel, a blog, which I don't update enough. I have to start doing that again. Uh, and we also have a link to the Tea Public store. If you feel like like buying it, we have T-shirts. We have all sorts of swag if you want to buy that. As I said before, we are restarting a Patreon in January. That's at patreon.com backslash Celtic Ray Filmworks. And take a look at the tiers. And if you want to help us out, pick a tier. I think, you, And we've got some nice, nice juicy swag to go with that. Yeah, and I know uh, Cafe Girl Productions is is one as well. Okay, thank you, Richard, and uh, have a great evening. Thanks for joining. Thanks. It was this was, it was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Fangirl Hour. If you would like to geek out with us on the Fangirl Hour, please email us at cafegirlproductions at gmail.com. Thank you especially to our Cafe Girl Superstar patrons, Kathy Anderson, David Anderson, Dorothy Ninau, and David Glamour Dave Ninau. If you want to find out more about Cafe Girl Productions, head on over to www.cafegirlproductionsinc.com. If you want to support us, head on over to www.patreon.com slash cafegirlproductions. The opening theme song includes segments from the TV shows Night Court, Beverly Hills 90210, Saturday Night Live, The Simpsons, and Doctor Who. The final theme song includes that of my favorite song by songwriters with a z and that is from gemendo.com thank you very much bye